Another real-world road test from RadioLeMond.com. Check out more at RadioLeMond.com. It's another real-world road test. Hello there, I'm John Hindorf, and Nick Damon's helping me out as we have a look at the 2011 model year version of the Porsche Cayenne, termed an SUV, of course, uh, here in America, which is where we're having a look at this vehicle. The styling changes are subtle, but they have made quite a lot of difference. Uh, this is a mid-grade S model, Cayenne S model, We'll talk about the engine and the specification of the drivetrain in a few moments' time, but let's have a look at the styling. The S gets a, uh, a rather fetching spoiler on top of the rear window, which has uh, an integral rear stop light. Uh, all new LED tail lights for the 2011 model year, and they've been sculpted a little bit. And in point of fact, I think it really does. The rear end has just been changed a little bit, but it really has transformed the look of this car, which is it's, it's never going to be the world's prettiest car, let's be honest. It's a big hunk of metal, but certainly the back end has been cleaned up very nicely. Two uh, big trapezoidal exhaust coming out from underneath the back of the car. Uh, this car rides on 18-inch five-spoke alloys, uh, 55 profile wheels, by no means the biggest wheel in the lowest profile tyre. Uh, that should help the ride quality. Uh, the car itself is uh, obviously a five-door. I'm walking down towards the, the front of the car now and the new front end. Now, this has been a... The, the, the look of the front end of this car has been a massive talking point since the car was launched a few years ago. And quite clearly what I'm seeing here is the influence of the new Panamera. It's been cleaned up. It's not trying to look like an oversized 911 anymore. It's uh, much more like the four-door Panamera. The elongated headlamp pods that go up into the top of the front wings. They've really cleaned up all the air intakes at the front. There's the now almost obligatory LED running lights uh, that we see on so many premium cars now. All the Porsche ones uh, aren't quite as... Uh, garish perhaps of some of the others and they do incorporate a second row of LEDs for the uh, turn indicators the bright yellow ones there's a set of fog lamps as well down in the front valance still proper ground clearance though um, I'm going to jump in and join Nick who's sitting in the driver's seat or at least he will be at the moment I'll jump in the passenger side this is rather unusual for me to do the car test and, uh, and not have to uh, be in the driver's seat. It's uh, a relatively easy jump into the car and well immediately you get in here there's a feeling of quality. Um, this is the much changed interior for 2011 and again the influence of the Panamera is clear to see. This has the piano black uh, facings and the all leather dashboard door cappings. Uh, it's uh, brightened up with a little bit of uh, polished metal work but it's uh, it's quite a dark environment in here but I have to say uh, having driven many Audis and other German cars in my time I actually don't find this at all bad I like this interior I think it's a, a great improvement from the earlier models grab handles on the side very substantial grab handles on the side of the transmission tunnel and on the door uh, hint towards the potential off-roading capabilities of the car. Nick Damon's been driving around in it for a week. We'll talk about driving in a moment, but first of all, Nick, uh, this is uh, not the car 
that will sell the most in the UK because it doesn't have a diesel engine, but it is a petrol engine that we can get in the UK. Yeah, this is the 4.8 litre petrol, uh, which uh, sounds a lot, but it's uh, producing 400 horsepower, about 370 pounds of torque. Uh, middle of the range in the UK, um, we have the, the, the diesel, which is, of course, the well-known Audi 3 litre diesel. Um, and you also have, on top of that, the turbo model, which I think that now is a f- almost 600 horsepower version. Um, but it's a, it's a very efficient engine for this country. I mean, obviously in America, when, where fuel is half the price, this I would think is going to be their, their key... Um, Seller, but the other thing, of course, which is coming both the UK and the US, is the hybrid version, mm. which uses this engine. And uh, oddly, considering where we've been this weekend at Petit Le Mans and seen the 911 hybrid, also uses electric motors on a couple of the wheels to provide that hybrid power. Mm. Uh, and I believe that drivetrain is being launched very soon. Yeah, in fact, we saw the cutaway at Road Atlanta at the weekend. Before we go much further, I'm going to jump in the back, and before I get Nick to give us a run around the block in this, to talk about the driving of it. I do like to do the test of sitting in behind the driver's seat to see if there's enough room. Um, should mention, actually, the uh, the boot area as well. This one has the uh, powered boot, which obviously, as it's an American spec car, has to beep as it's doing it. Uh, everything has to beep. It's not the biggest luggage space, in all honesty. I've seen bigger. It's, uh, it's fairly shallow for the vehicle. Uh, there is a space saver spare wheel underneath the floor you'd get a couple of decent sized cases in and when we picked the guys up from the airport last week the three guys for the uh, pit lane team all their luggage did go in there but it's really if you were going away for a couple of weeks you might struggle uh, with getting all of your cases in there push the button and it beeps again to tell you it's closing now Nick's a bit taller than me so he pushes the seat a bit further back because I have got relatively short legs but the experience in the back of the Cayenne S, much as it is in the front, you're immediately cosseted by acres of leather. And uh, the beast did not die in vain, I would say. It's uh, beautifully done, right up through the door cappings again, uh, sitting slightly higher than the front seats in that uh, almost theatre style, so you can get a view out of the front window. And although, as I mentioned before, the interior is quite dark it's not that oppressive the window line is just below my shoulders and although we've got tinted back windows here with privacy glass you can still get a feeling of spaciousness here the one thing i would say about the back seat passengers is when i sit back in the seat with my head on the headrest here the c pillar the door pillar behind the opening for the rear door is right on my head level and to actually then look out the window I've got to lean forward but there is a third window on the side uh, sort of a a rear quarter light it doesn't open but it does provide uh, a little bit of uh, a little bit of light in there we've also got although we haven't worked out how to make them work yet uh, electrically operated sunscreens on the side and back window no idea how they work, but it's a nice touch, uh, particularly, again, as if you're over here, you could be cruising down a very, very long road uh, in the same direction for the same time with the, the sun on the side of the car. Now, I'll just extricate myself from there. I have to say that it isn't the biggest door opening in the back, and the rear wheel arch does protrude a little bit, so the parent test that I always do of being able to sit in the car 
put your backside on the seat and then swivel round. Not going to be able to do that. So my mum would have to ride up in the front. Not a problem unless you have two relatives who don't move so well. So that's how it looks from the outside and how it feels from the inside. The acid test with any Porsche, of course, it is how it's drive, how it drives. And we'll be out on the road in the Porsche Cayenne S, the 2011 model, in just a few moments' time. RadioMaman.com. Real world road tests. So we're on the road in the 2011 Porsche Cayenne S. This is the V8 4.8 400 horsepower petrol engine. This is the engine that provides the, the most of the power for the hybrid versions that we will be seeing. Nick Damon doing the driving. I'm unusually on a road test in the passenger seat. Nick's promised to be very good. The feeling of security that you get when you're sitting in one of these big SUVs, you know, for quite a while I wondered what the attraction was for people driving these cars who were never going to take them off-road. And then when you drive one, and particularly when you live with one for a little while, it becomes immediately apparent that your view of the world as a driver or indeed a front-seat passenger is very different indeed in one of these higher ground clearance machines there is a certain amount of body roll of course but this is a Porsche and the suspension has been tuned to deal with the additional ground clearance higher centre of gravity and the weight now this car's running on the 18 inch rims the bigger rims are available uh, to quote the disclaimer but the good thing about uh, the 18-inch rims is that they only have 55 series tyres on. Now, whilst a few years ago that would have been considered a pretty high-performance tyre, that's pretty much middle of the road now as far as low-profile tyres. When you see supercars and even some moderately warm hatches wearing 35 and 40 series tyres. So the ride quality for something this big and heavy is actually very good indeed it's a nice compromise between soaking up the bumps and still giving a reasonable amount of a secure driving feeling certainly as a passenger you have no doubt that you're sitting in a premium product now we're not going to do any off-roading in this today are we nick but <laughs> the People at Porsche tell us this this is a capable off-road machine. And indeed, I think that if all you wanted to do was uh, up and down some farm tracks and such like, I've no doubt it would take it entirely in its stride. There are a number of different settings. Very, very uh, much like Land Rover and Range Rover, there's a, a set of uh, controls in the centre console just behind the automatic gear shift, which is motorway, or mountain, and they have just switched it into mountain. Speed too high. Speed too high to switch into mountain, you see. There you go, so I'll put it back the motorway for you. Uh, this is an eight-speed automatic. Yep, that's right, eight-speed automatic. In defence of the car, its gearbox, and the amount of torque that it puts out, then I'd say that there's not that much hunting of gears going on. Nick's uh, 
driving relatively conservatively, using the torque of the engine. Now, I have driven this car, and I'll, I'll drive it again in a little while, but Nick, you've done the most of the driving uh, with this Porsche Cayenne. What's the, what's the driving experience been like? And in fairness, we should say in advance that Nick's not normally a big Porsche fan, but how's this big SUV gone this week? Well, I, I have in my life owned SUVs I've had a Range Rover Sport Supercharged I've had some uh, some Jeep Cherokees um, and I've also drove the previous version of this in, in turbo format and I have to say I, I have been more impressed by this car than just about anything I've driven for years we've mentioned it before and I when I, when I walked up to the car um, at Atlanta Airport I thought nice car well, those wheels are a bit small but the ride you get from actually having some rubber between the edge of the alloy wheels and the, is, is remarkable because American roads are as bad as English roads in fact if not worse and the ride's fantastic the engine itself is extremely flexible um, as John says it's got 8 speeds in the gearbox but it seems to know where it wants to be most of the time if you select sport then it has 7 speeds in the gearbox and it really really sharpens the throttle response up which is what I, I, I do like you know, if you're in the mood for going a bit quicker in these cars it's odd how just that little shorter throw of the throttle makes you feel much more sporty straight away. Is it a car that you can press on with though because clearly the centre of gravity is a lot higher than if you were in a Porsche Boxster or a Cayman or a, or a 911 I think you know, they're just pretty sport there. Instantly, you get a kick down much faster and move on. And the car has this incredibly solid planted field. If I was to use one word to describe this car, it would be solid. But of course, one thing we do know, John, is that compared to the previous version of Kai, it shed about 250 kilograms. So it's, it's not carrying that huge weight, which, for example, the Range Rover Sport going over two tonne, that's a great car, but you get to a corner, it's trying to get two and a bit tonne around the corner. And this thing... And eventually physics takes over. You can't... At the end of the day, however clever people are, they can't beat um, you know, Newton and physics and that sort of thing. But this thing really um, sheds its weight, handles exceptionally well. Um, yeah, yeah, it's not a 911, but then again, you know, I think the, the aim of it is to handle as well as an executive saloon. And I think they, they, they pretty much nailed it. Um, I'm totally sold, complete fan. Uh, so much so that Nick uh, has not given the keys to any of the rest of the pit lane team that have been driving it this week. As far as the extras and the equipment's concerned, well, as with any premium vehicle, if you go mad on the extras list, you can probably add half the price of the vehicle again although the standard fitment includes all the toys that you'd like to see i'm particularly impressed by the new generation of hard drive based navigation system we've seen that on the new audi a7 and a8 as well that includes satellite overviews of your maps which have real pictures it also has again we've seen this on audi part of the Porsche, Audi, Volkswagen group of course, it has the 3D building view so that again you can actually make a visual identification, touch screen on the navigation which seems to be de rigueur nowadays and it is relatively intuitive to use the, I did notice that the boys have had the Hambreak, oh, turn the radio off. Turn it uh, on. What am I talking about? It's relatively intuitive to use, and the guys have had the handbook, uh, the handbook out only a couple of times uh, in the week to uh, allow them to access some of the features, including the rear blinds, which now we, of course, remembered that all you have to do is use the uh, window locks, uh, the window buttons to put the rear blinds up. It is really that simple. Uh, the there are a rather impressive array of 
switches on the centre console and on the airline-style overhead console, which could be, I think, a little intimidating to some. And the steering wheel is much, much cleaner. It's also a heated steering wheel here, which is something that I love. I've had that before on one or two cars that we've tested. The only downside for this, the only downside to this is the paddle shift. Now, the paddle shift that we're all used to is some kind of triggers behind the steering wheel where you pull back one side to change up and you pull back the other side to change down or you have a lever where you pull back to change up and you push away from you to change down now having sort of admitted their folly in some of their sportier cars and gone to that kind of system in the 911 with the double clutch gearbox, the PDK gearbox, Porsche have persisted with this 8-speed in having switches on both sides of the steering wheel which effectively are just twins of each other. That makes life very, very complicated. What adds a little bit more confusion is that it's pull back to change down and push away to change up. And that is completely at odds to anybody else that I've ever seen. It also could lead to some very nasty moments if you just jump into the car. I find that if I'm going to use the paddles, that I just need to rest my the heel of my hand on it and, and keep pushing it away from me to change up and let the engine use its torque. But to be quite honest, the instruction that I gave to Nick and Nick's passed on to anybody else who might want to drive it is just don't use the paddles because there will be a point when you think you've got used to it and all of a sudden instead of shifting up from fourth to fifth, you're shifting down, shifting down from fourth to third and we just don't want to even countenance what that might make and what kind of damage that could do to the car or the gearbox or the engine so Porsche please listen to your customer base and you need to get something done about that now that said we can live without the paddle shift we can certainly live with the car sitting in drive and the driving experience as we've both said is absolutely superb now, there comes a question of price here in the United States. This car, as we're driving it, would retail at $80,000, about $70,000 standard. There are a fair few extras on this. But in the current, with the current exchange rate, that would make it uh, around about $60,000 uh, uh, £60, in the UK. And far be it from me to say that £60,000 is a bargain, but you do see where your money's going here, Nick, don't you? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a very, very well put together, well thought out vehicle. I think that the, you know, in the class, a very popular class still, and certainly in the UK with uh, Audi's excellent uh, three to turbo diesel engine, it seems to make a lot of sense. So, the 2011 Porsche Cayenne, this is the S version with the 4.8 V8. What we haven't talked about is fuel consumption. Now, we're on American gallons over here. Uh, overall, for the trip, we've been uh, easily in the mid-20s. And we've seen late-20s as well uh, on the motorway runs. Don't look so smug, Nicholas. Um, I, I think on English gallons, 30 miles to the gallon and maybe a little bit more, provided you weren't in sport and you weren't mashing the throttle all the time, I think that's em eminently achievable. 
I think that's a, a, a key point of the weight reduction because that's how you get efficiency these days. I mean, cars have got safer and safer and safer, and then they've got heavier and heavier and heavier. And Porsche, as, as a lot of the manufacturers now have realised, what they've got to do is keep those levels of safety and refinement but lose the lard. And that just gives them better performance, better fuel economy with no other effort, effectively. Um, but, yeah, I think, we, I think UK, you're going to see on a run, you could get as high as 32, 33, I reckon. So there we are, then, the Porsche Cayenne S. It looks so much better from the outside than the previous car, but it was often said of the previous iteration the best place to see the car was sitting inside it so you didn't have to worry about the styling well everything that was good about the older model Porsche seemed to have kept and refined the slight changes in the look of the car I think will allow more people will make more people give it a proper look and consider it for a premium SUV I've been pleasantly surprised by it. I think Nick finds it a revelation. And somehow I think that we're going to find it quite difficult to prize the keys. The Porsche-shaped keys, by the way, out of his hands by the time we've got to give this back to Porsche Cars North America in about 24 hours' time. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, go to www.radiolamont.com. Radio Show Limited. We talk to the world.